Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Why is John Krasinski over? Is he not or is it a joke? He's been over forever. It's just but, you know, time he's for having the hashtag. A party. Right. Well, we're having a party because he's over. I mean, he's been over forever. Everyone's so pissed that he did the CIA show. They're like, oh, he's a cop. But also, I'm just pissed. I'm still pissed at him for his good news show. That was bullshit. Wait, I just realized. What? From now on, every time I see XYZ is over party, I'm yeah. going to think about this. Hey, Billy. Yeah? I'm having a party. Want to come? No, I hate that. <laughs> It's like, hey, Johnny, what? I'm having a party. Want to get canceled? Want to get canceled? <laughs> that was wrong. That was wrong. That was wrong. You know what the actual cancellation party is? It's this. What? Hey, Mark. Yeah? I'm having a party. Want to come? It's the Mark party, not the Billy party. It's okay, the pop I'm sorry. version. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's always, it's got to be the pop version. <laughs> Those parties, though, they, as I said, they range from, they can range from very serious allegations to not so uh -huh. serious things. So you really got to. To jokes, to full jokes. You really got to get in there and see what's going on. Like, I forget, who did they, who did they party over party a few weeks ago, but everybody was more defending him in the comments and it was like very confusing. I think it was, um, what's his face? Spider-Man. Tom Holland. Yeah, they Tom were Holland. like, Tom yeah. Holland is over party. But then if you clicked on it, everyone was be like, he's not over. Like, that's <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and then it was just filling up with with people saying that he's not over. 
John Krasinski being over party. Yeah, the best I could tell from scrolling through it. Because whenever you click these things, as we talk about all the time, 75% of them are like, no, I don't know. I don't want to know why yeah. he's over. Or don't why tell me is he's he over? over? Or like, why is or he asking over? or like commenting on it. But And yeah, 25% are like, Jack Ryan's a cop. Jack Ryan's imperialist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and also Jack Ryan is like, cop propaganda and has been for a yeah. long time like that character so John like John doing that I remembered when he signed up for that role he was like I'm working with the CIA or like I'm training with They're the cops kind to and learn generous. and everyone was like oh yikes you know like <laughs> bye bye you know and but that has been for a long time I just think today we're trending and there are all these office memes and office memes just mean nothing to me i never watched well everyone's like they're very precious over the they you know because the office had its big bump when all the teens were watching it because it was on netflix but people are very um protective over their office they don't want to have that taken from them um before we start taking our comments uh how's the vibe vibe check good bad vibes fine vibes Vibes good i mean i wouldn't say nothing's good vibes fine vibes solid fine the vibe is fine. The Internet vibe is, is fine. messed up. I cannot imagine the vibe being better than fine for quite a long time. Fine is fine is like end. high it's on the scale tier. of between bad and good. Yeah. And there are plenty of bad things, but you know, bad things aren't fun to talk about. But I will talk about the internet sucking. I'm so sorry. It's doing the thing where it's just like where it says it works. Where like you're, you got all the bars, but then nothing's happening, and it's like oh, I'm sorry, no. you don't have internet. Oh, I know no. I have to I have to call they're calling me after the after we My record I gotta figure is no it out internet. okay well. and they'll say like well did you push the button on the front and it's like yeah I pushed the button on the front did you unplug it and it's like yeah I unplugged it and then they like type 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 and then suddenly it works again and you're like what did you do and why are you trying to gaslight me into making it seem like it's my fault anyway we have some calls are about Fabio <laughs> Let's start with two calls about Fabio. I what I do like about these calls is actually you know what you'll hear them. They're good calls. Play them both. Hey Lindsay Bobby. Um, quick anecdote about Fabio. So he has a house in the Columbia River Gorge in southern Washington State, and there's a little tiny resort there called Scamania Lodge, um, and he'll just like go there every couple weekends and he sits in a booth at the like Sunday all you can eat brunch and he just like waits for people to like come fawn over him and like take pictures with him um I know this because we spent my mom's 50th birthday there last year and uh I can never replicate how amazing it was to have Fabio there so that's it Hello, um, I'm a medium-time listener, second-time caller, and I just had to pause the podcast um, to actually call in as a character reference for Fabio. Um, so I actually left a voicemail a few months ago asking if Fabio was a who or a them. Your um, story leads me to believe that he is, in fact, um, a them, And I just want to say that we saw him a few months ago at a lodge up in Washington, and he was so sweet. He was, like, clearly going about his business on his little vacay. People were coming up to him asking to take pictures, and he was the sweetest, kindest guy. I mean, I don't really know that. I just kind of think that from afar. But he was super polite, didn't tell anybody no that wanted to take pictures, and um, overall, he's, he, there were kids. He was playing with kids. Like, he, he, and he looks really happy. So, um, George Clooney sucked, and, um, yeah, that's it. 
Bye. I love these calls because, first of all, they're definitely talking about the same lodge. Definitely. We also got a, another call about this lodge and how Fabio hangs out at the brunch and, like, people come up to him. And this what it's this reminds local. me of, which makes me so happy, is you know when you go to Disneyland and you pay, or, like, no. when you're a kid and you pay <sighs> extra money, Disney World or whatever, Disney okay. World. We don't go to Disney World as a kid and you pay extra money to have breakfast with the characters. And the whole thing is, like, you pay and the meal is, like, terrible. And everyone brings their kids and the characters come and, like, go around the tables. And that's, like, the point to get, like, pictures with the characters. Do- okay, yeah. I mean, I I hadn't heard of that, but I, that totally makes sense to me. This yes. is the Fabio version of that. So you, like, go to this brunch and you know that Fabio will be there. And, like, Fabio comes around and takes photos with everyone. Well, obviously, and the and the cool thing about this is the type of celebrity who's going to behave like this is the type of celebrity who like wants attention who, and who thrives will be off very of gracious. Like, yeah. yeah, he's being extremely vain and narcissistic right here, and like, it's like it's like wild behavior. But it would be one thing if he did this and he was an asshole. But everyone's saying he's a sweetie about it. So right. Well, if you're going to put yourself out there to be recognized, you can't be an asshole. Although I guess yeah. you can be, but that's really kind of against the point you know well Not yeah and again that. i think i reference this all the time but it's it reminds me of the soap dish scene where whoopi goldberg where sally field is depressed and whoopi goldberg is like sounds like somebody needs to take a trip across the george washington bridge and then they <laughs> go to the mall in paramus just so sally field can get recognized and have her ego stroked i love that yeah shout out fabio i found an article in the columbian which is about uh the, the fabio brunch <laughs> Uh, yeah, ha- offbeat. Fabio finds rustic retreat just off Highway 14, and they're talking about <laughs> this lodge. And it says, "It's one of the most beautiful places." Fabio told Edgers, "Not just in America, but the world." He's talking about wow. the Columbia River Gorge. Yeah. They said the 56-year-old is hotter than ever. <laughs> There's probably a good chance you can chance upon Fabio at the lodge, as he intends to build a house quote with sharp angles and glass on his nearby oh. property. Ooh. And so it's like he literally lives near there, and I, it seems like the lodge is sort of like um, yeah his country club in a way. Like sure. that's where he gets dinner. That's where he. So sure. yes, there's a there's a an egotistical angle to it, but it looks like it's also a place where he actually goes to like eat but and I hang out and say entertain the- himself. There's a difference between a celebrity who I've heard this before. It's like, oh, this this celebrity lives here and this is their local haunt. And everyone just kind of accepts that they're there and doesn't bother them. And that's kind of like what they like because they're just like normal and they're, they live around here. And Fabia, who clearly goes here, is a regular, you know, knows the people and welcomes the the attention. Do you know what I mean? Like there is mm-hmm. that kind of difference where like it's sometimes it's cool not to recognize the celebrities and they don't want you to come up and talk to them, but Fabio clearly is like down with it and I think that's like a very a much chiller version of it, you know? Yes, definitely. And um I was just like, oh, I wonder if people reference it on TripAdvisor and they Lindsay. Do. Oh boy. Is it like one after the other? <laughs> Well, I found one. I found one. It was easy. It was someone from Ireland. Shout out Ireland. A Dubliner. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Who gave Scamania Lodge two out of five stars. Uh Uh-huh. The headline of the review is so close to being totally... So close to being okay, then totally not. They were complaining about a lot of things. Their massage was fine. The indoor food was cold. The outdoor food was awesome. Checkout was a mess. Nope, no kidding. This place is so close to okay, then they just completely missed the mark. That, on top of crap car service and a bad flight, made for a lousy weekend, even with a Fabio appearance. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, Fabio's appearance they didn't never even get one star Fabio on top of that? <laughs> until the end of the review. So it's like, 
It sucks, but at least Fabio was there. I mean, that's how I'm going to take that. You so know? you think that the, the one of the two stars that they gave this place was at least for Fabio or else it would have gotten one star. That's what I'm oh, guessing, yeah. right? Oh, Easily. yeah. So I just searched the actual lodge for instances of Fabio and I think... Oh, Patricia saw Fabio in June 2016. Gail saw Fabio in 2018. Oh, uh, Dennis, seem pretty Dennis's wife saw Fabio in June 2016. Those are okay. the only three. Okay, there are only great. three references to Fabio. Hey, but that's but really you know, funny. I believe it. I'd travel there to go see Fabio. Maybe I, know, I me mean, too. I'm sure I, would, I think I'd go there to see the, the gorge, and Fabio would be a bonus. Yeah. Um, next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So I had to pause the episode because something that I actually know lots about actually came up. So you guys were talking about Dance Moms and Abby Lee Miller and the racist comments she has made. But Abby has quite the history just on the show of incredibly racially insensitive kind of acts. Um, Mia, who you talked about, uh, she was doing a kind of jazz contemporary routine, and Abby wanted her to wear an afro. Um, also, they did a dance regarding Rosa Parks, and it was up in the air whether or not Mia a black dancer at her studio would play Rosa Parks as opposed to one of the other white dancers at her studio. Um, and basically, like, there's all these kind of microaggressions that Abby got away with throughout the show. And so it's really nice to see her called out. Okay, crunch, crunch. Bye. I will play the clip of them fighting about this here. The group routine is about Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks serve as a catalyst for a civil rights movement by refusing to stand up and give up her seat on a bus. Since the dance is called Rosa Parks, and obviously this is a part destined for Nia. Don't assume anything. I have no idea who will play Rosa Parks. <clears throat> really? I absolutely want Nia to play the role of Rosa Parks. But this is the big lead role in the number this week. She has to give it her all before I'm even gonna let her know that the part is hers. I'm annoyed. Here is finally a part for Nia, and Abby's playing games. This here, um, Abby. <laughs> what? The comments <laughs> I know. on this. The whole thing what? what? <laughs> so I guess what happened was, like, the one black girl on the team, Nia, is the one who rightfully her mom thinks that she's the shoe in for the part but abby's like no it could go to kendall who's like another white girl and everyone's like excuse me uh the comments in the video are really funny jill kendall cannot be rosa parks the thought of kendall playing rosa parks is shocking <laughs> someone dies jill can kendall have a solo abby's dog dies hey abby can kendall have a solo team comes in seventh place in a group dance this never would have happened if kendall had a solo Someone called it the most ridiculous ever moment on the show. I mean, just even the description, I'm like shocked that it even, just that she had to compete to play. The moment Lifetime has to upload a clip called Dance Moms colon Dance Digest hyphen Rosa Parks, I feel like they should second guess all of their choices. (laughs) Every single choice they've ever made. Remember when Lifetime was like, we're pivoting to serious television with Unreal and everyone was like, yes, Lifetime is so serious now. And now they're just back to this bullshit. Yeah. What happened with Lifetime's like we're well, serious Unreal, now? Unreal season two was a 
was a bomb. Unreal Season 1 was amazing and Unreal Season 2 wasn't great. I don't know. I mean, they just – the thing is, is like when they decide to go from reality to scripted, they just have to spend a lot of money. And I feel like some have more patience than others to get those shows off the ground. It's like Bravo with Dirty John, you know, mm-hmm. if the show is really successful John, or, Colin, or better or unexpected. Like, I don't know. And then I think sometimes they get scared and they're like, oh, we could just spend a lot more money and still get the same views if we air 20 different spinoffs of Dance Mom. So why are we even bothering with, you know, Unreal? or whatever and then they just go back but Lifetime also has its original movies I mean they're not all reality like they definitely have a a name brand outside of of that but God thank God Abby Lee Miller is no longer dance momming and hasn't been for quite a few years someone did call and say that she came back briefly and then left again I mean the whole thing is like I just get I just don't want to deal with her anymore it really is crazy that there was ever a question but (laughs) I guess that's dance moms yeah next call Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, so I was listening to Who Dat, which was great. And when you guys mentioned Amanda Seals, it like knocked something loose in my brain. And I remembered there was this like insane drama about her getting like kicked out of a party, like an Emmys party. And then like all of Twitter was like freaking out at her. And I think she like had this really weird, like crazy reaction. And I think there was like, like, the, like, she and Issa Rae, there was, like, drama there. I don't know. I can't really remember it, but I feel like it's worth discussing because I remember when I did look into it, I could never actually figure out uh, what happened. So women don't belong in balloons. Fortunately, this is one of those things that's easy to talk about because she's talked about it at length, as have a lot of other people. So we can give you the entire rundown about what happened. It was easy to find information about this. This wasn't like just like a rumored thing that was like tweeted about. It's literally was blogged about. It was made news items. She did a whole thing about it on her Instagram. She She went on a podcast. Yeah, it's like I didn't. The Breakfast Club talked about it. If Amanda Seals is anything, Amanda Seals is out here. Like Amanda Seals is telling everyone everything, which is I think why people like her. My favorite thing about this before we even get to it is in her stories when she's kind of just like pissed that she got kicked out of this party. She goes, well, you know what? Luckily, in seven hours, I'll be on TV. (laughs) Yes. I was like, that is the funniest, best thing to say. Like in seven hours. I'll be on TV and I'll discuss this there. Like literally she's just like the real was she was just like, you know what? I don't even care. Like I have the power. My appearance on TV is the power. I was like, all right, you're so right. You're so right about that. Anyways, do you want to like explain what happened? (laughs) So there's this Emmys party and it's the black Emmys party. And it's been put together. I think by Ray's publicist, who is this woman named Vanessa, Vanessa Anderson. Amanda said that Vanessa is in charge of the guest list. She doesn't get invited to the Black Emmys party, even though she's both <laughs> on a show nominated for Emmys and a black woman. So, but she, she does get invited, get invited from Jesse Williams. Yeah. Well, that's later. She doesn't get invited directly from Vanessa. So a year ago, Issa Rae's publicist, Vanessa Anderson of AMPR and some other people, they started doing a black Emmy party. Of course, I work with Issa. So Vanessa is somebody who I have absolutely like met before, like when I had my web series on Issa's channel. And I have interacted with her, you know, on a few occasions, but she has never been nice to me ever. You know, I told Issa, I was like, hey, you know, your publicist, like she's just like she's just not being nice like she's just nasty and Issa was like yeah I mean that's just between y'all so after she doesn't get invited Jesse Williams is like 
come with me. Like, I'm invited. Why don't you come with me? And so she's like, great, I'm going to go. Then she shows up. And after she tries to get in, she says there's a white woman named Kiara who's immediately like, get out of here. Don't you dare. Don't let her in. Don't let her in. And like freaking out. And then I'm whatever. I'm just going to play the rest of her talking about it because she talked about it on her Instagram stories and on her podcast. No, this is on her podcast. Um, So here's the clip from her podcast. So what ends up happening is Eliza's like, you know, you know what? what? They're, They're not going to kick me up party, so come on in. in. So he welcomes me in. And as I'm coming in, the white girl is like, she, she cannot, cannot go in. She cannot, cannot go, go in. And I was like, girl, stop. And I just wave her off and I kept walking. So I walk in and I go to the bar. Kiki goes to the bathroom. By the time Kiki has come back from the bathroom, a security guard is talking to me. And a security guard says to me, hello, hello miss. Um, um, we have been asked to escort you out. out. I'm like, well, who's asked you to escort me out? So he gets on his phone and he says, Vanessa. I said, well, then you need to find Vanessa because I need to speak to Vanessa and I need to find out from Vanessa why I'm being escorted out. And apparently no one could find Vanessa. Later, she said, she has never been nice to me ever. She's always had a curtness and she's always seemed to be bothered simply by my demeanor, my way of communicating with her, etc. At a, at a certain point, it became, well, this is not someone I need to speak to because I don't work for her. She doesn't work for me. There's no reason for us to interact for all intents and purposes. So we don't. The reason people were laughing at her when this happened was because it was like, you know what? You've known forever that this woman hates you. And yet you're trying to go to a party that she organized. Of course, this was going to happen. We also got a tweet from, I don't know how if we edited out or brushed over the fact that she had a pretty long like relationship to Russell Simmons because of the the Def Jam stuff. Or Well, uh, so I didn't know that. And I went back and watched whoever tweeted that as thank you so much because she had teased that she had had this meeting with this high, his high power person about music or something. And he had said, oh, did we fuck? Literally in the mm-hmm. middle of their meeting. Oh, did we fuck? And she goes, no. And he was like, yeah, I would remember. And then sometime later, she said, oh, yeah, that was Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she was, and back then, whenever she was, like, performing for Def Jam stuff, she she went by Amanda Diva. Also, which I thought we put in the doc, but we didn't mention it. The thing I absolutely did not know was that she was a child actor who was on a Nickelodeon show that only lasted for one season called My Brother and Me. So I didn't know that either. Um, okay, next call. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. Long time, long time. So I had to pause the podcast because... You guys were talking about the scene in Shrek 2 where the fairy godmother seems holding out for a hero. I just wanted to say that that scene where the fairy godmother is voiced by Jennifer Saunders, who I guess would be a British, maybe she's a British then? I don't really know how she's viewed in England, but I looked her up and her work is pretty extensive. And she's done some stuff in America, but I think she's pretty much media who, but she was on Friends and Roseanne in the 90s, but, and she was also in Spice World. So yeah, I think Jennifer Saunders, British then, but who in America, but her role as Fairy Godmother is definitely a them. Okay, crunch, crunch. I didn't know that's who that was. She's definitely an American who, but she's a British then because of AppFab. Yeah, it's so um, funny you didn't mention AppFab because that's how I would know her too. And actually, what's funny is I thought I kind of thought the Shrek Two woman singing was um, Jennifer um, Siffler's mom, Jennifer. Oh, Another, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, I kind of was like, oh, is that Jennifer Coolidge? Like, I didn't really look into it, but it's Jennifer Saunders. <laughs> Uh, did you watch the, cause I haven't seen a lot of absolutely fabulous. I've seen like, there was a t- there aren't that many episodes, which is the thing. Cause it was British and each season or excuse me, each series, excuse me, excuse me. Each series was only like, 
five episodes or whatever. Four, six, seven episodes. So there actually aren't that many. And I probably only seen like five of them. But I have watched the movie because it was on a plane. And the movie was pretty funny, although sort of bad. But it made me like realize (laughs) that I should probably watch the whole thing at some point. I mean, I feel like everyone said, I mean, it's it's a formative uh, influence for many of some of our favorite (laughs) comedians and people. I have a suspicion that it's a little, it's not only a little British, which I can deal with, but I think it's a little dated. Like I feel like it it might be the sort of show where you're like, yikes. Um, Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes. If, uh, yeah. sometimes, but who knows? I mean, you <laughs> should watch it. You should. Uh, it's worth. It. It's worth watching. It. I remember how excited people were when it like when they came back. That's kind of like my context for it since I didn't watch it when it was on. Next call. We're on to questions. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame. The aura frame. The aura frame kept. It was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know, they love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not crop. Yeah. So it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry, but you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. photos. You got to You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura Frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura Frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Iggy Azalea just announced that she had a whole ass baby with Playboy Cardi, and uh, I am shocked. Iggy had a baby. Well, no, we talked we talked about this. It's confirmed. Remember, but it yeah. was but it was not confirmed. And actually, over the past few months, I was like, were we like gaslit into being convinced that Iggy had a baby? Like, I just it was always in the back of my brain. Like, did she not have a baby? Because we, people were really sure about it. And I always feel bad when we kind of get something wrong. That's very factual. Dakota, and just turns out Dakota to be Johnson wrong. We never talk about pregnant. it again. Dakota Johnson <laughs> no, is stop. still She is pregnant. not still pregnant. Dakota Johnson is not pregnant, has not had She's a baby. Been pregnant. She's been pregnant for two years. That is a miracle. Is really now the time that we're leaf blowing? Okay, just saying. Um, the point is, is that I just wanted to follow that up because somebody did call and said Iggy Azalea has confirmed she did have a baby. She posted a Instagram story that said, "I have a son. I kept waiting for the right time to say something, but it feels like the more time passes, the more I realize I'm always going to feel anxious to share news with the world. That giant with the world. I want to keep his life private, but wanted to make it clear he is not a secret." And I love him beyond words. That's a nice way to put it, I thought. 
like a nice like distinction. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice statement. It's it's also funny just thinking about like the idea of a right time, like a quote unquote right time in 2020. Like she realized, sweetie, there's no such thing as a right time, which takes us to this call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I just saw on Instagram that Cord Overstreet posted a picture um, of him holding a baby, and I wonder. I'm wondering if he had a baby, and if so, who with? Because, um, I don't know, I just always found him, like, kind of annoying or whatever. Like, he's cute and all, but, like, he is a, like a, whatever. Um, also, me and Grace, bye. I like the, the logic of this question, which is like, I saw him with a baby? Did he have a baby? I I'm confused because I've always found him annoying. Personal well, qualities, personal traits have nothing to do with whether or not you are capable of like creating. There's so a baby many annoying with people with a baby, which is wild. So many annoying people have babies. It's like crazy that annoying they're even allowed. Are out here having babies, excuse me, in here having babies left and left right. and right. It's like um, also it's like there and then there are people who are both annoying or potentially not annoying at all who are trying to have a baby and they can't for whatever reason. I know, which is so fucked up. Meanwhile, then there are like super annoying people who are in here like, I had a baby and I didn't even try. Yeah, it's like, I didn't even know I was pregnant and I had a baby. I just pooped it out one day and it was there. And you're like, what? There's so many, you're so annoying. (laughs) But also never forget Court Overstreet is a witch. So uh, it's probably easier for him to have a baby if he wants one. Having said that, he didn't have a baby. This is his nephew. Well, the I think... At this time right now with people, it, it it was unclear whether if you're pictured with a baby, people kind of assume the baby is when you're within your family unit or your baby. So I kind of understand. Also, I don't know who Cordova Street is like even dating right now. So even if you were like, oh, it was Cordova Street like dating somebody who could have given him a baby, had mm-hmm. a baby with him, I would say like unclear. Given him a baby. The rumors are unclear, but I will say what's amazing about this answer, and I love when somebody calls and the answer is like literally right in front of them. If you just go to the picture of him and the baby and read the comments, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally a few comments down, it says, uh, someone said, did he have a baby? And then someone said, it's his new nephew, his sis, Harmony. And then someone wrote, I panicked for a sec, LMAO. And then the other person wrote, no need to panic. <laughs> <laughs> no need to panic. So Uncle Cord. So Cord Overstreet is now an uncle and he has offspring. Will the baby receive any of the magical powers that he has from his ancestors, which we have already talked about, um, are witches? Uh, unclear. I already okay. forget like what that story was, but I do remember that he's a witch. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. This is Courtney. Long time, long time. You have to talk about the BA test kitchen. Bobby, I know that you are all over that. Um, we have to discuss it because I know that you guys previously called them Nas. I think they're Who's though. At least the main players are Who's and Sola certainly a Who this week getting, you know, uh, rightfully calling out Rappo and, um, you know, the, the lack of payment for her videos. She's been producing by far the strongest work from home content. Um, and she's just, you know, she's a real star. So I feel like we need to talk about it. All right. Good form, Bella Thorne. I feel like get ready to do your math. Um, so <laughs> here's what happened. Yeah. I do think this officially this is... turned them into who's. I didn't think they were who's until this because now I didn't they're getting either. a lot of coverage. And I, I think we had this like debate. Maybe it was on a Patreon. 
I think it was on a Patreon. Sorry to. I just didn't you from think they were the who's. Debate. I was like, I don't think they deserve to be talked about in the main show. I knew that they had. I could recognize, and I knew they had huge audiences, right, and a yes. big fandom. But it felt a lot like YouTube kind of That's, based to it's me. It's like we don't so talk about YouTube hard. people a lot. Right. And so it's hard. It was hard for me to translate that into like who were them. And there are YouTubers mm-hmm. who are who are who them territory. I just it may. And maybe, you know what? Media. Media always gets me confused because I'm like, do we know about these people so much because we also work in and around media? Mm-hmm. And how much does that elevate you, you know, or or not? Right. So that's for me personally why I was like, I'm whatever. But now seeing the response to this, I'm like, clearly this is bigger than yeah i saw from my perspective i want to read this tweet from june 8th that i've been thinking about since it was tweeted this viral tweet at by your logic says every day i am shocked at how much everyone knows about cooking media like twice a week there's a thing where you all say quote sigh terry movies isn't doing herself or la table du chef any favors what the fuck when did you all get into this stuff <laughs> But that's true. I think any, I think any time a new person you know, you know. about the Bon Appetit te- test kitchen, they open the box. They say, "What's been going on in here? That I've, that, <laughs> it, what are you people talking about? What are you people doing?" And this is not just, oh, all of a sudden, all of you can fucking cook. It's not even <sighs> that. Not everyone who watches Bon Appetit no. is out here cooking. In here, I, in I here don't cooking. Even th- <laughs> I think that maybe at l- I would say seventy five percent of the people who watch Bon Appetit videos have no intention of making the food, which is why it's so popular. It's like they found the secret sauce. Bon Appetit is no longer some stuffy magazine that's about like cooking at home. It's personality driven now. That's the secret. So what yes, happened? Yes. The Bon Appetit cinematic universe. To me, a huge fan. Formerly. Although I still am, I ah, uh, you can't say. I mean, what do you mean? You would still I, watch? There's so I, many talented. I, I want, I want, I want nothing but the best for the people who have not behaved terribly in all of this. If you behave terribly in all of this, I don't really want you around of course, anymore. But the idea is to shine a light on the talent. And what exactly. I think was so kind of like interesting about this whole thing is Sola, who was the Bon Appetit personality. I'm, I don't know if I want to. I can call, I want to call her a chef. I want to call her a cook. But like, She's obviously. A chef. She's also a, a, a TV personality, a YouTube yeah. video personality as well. Um, the whole joke about her, it's not a joke, but like the whole, I mean, the whole kind of thing that everybody was saying about her was that she was outshining every single member in the kitchen f- continually for the past six months that she was been kind of on yeah. the shows in that the way where they'd always be like, as a joke, Sola, come here, help me. Sola, yeah. come here, help me. Even Sola I knew. Sola, taste this. Sola, I'm not as big this. of a fan Sola, as whatever. Bobby, but it's like Sola can temper chocolate and no one else can. So like the the video that people were retweeting of somebody who made almost like a fan cam of Sola I'm gonna helping play the clip. everyone. I was about to make that. Shocking. I was like, I'm gonna have to. I was like, I'm gonna have to make a supercut for the podcast because I could I could find these clips really quickly. Someone yeah, already someone did, did it. I'm gonna play it later yeah. in the episode. But here's the thing. Okay. So Bon Appetit. I'm sorry. I bon keep Appetit interrupting your this, story. Bon Appetit has this renaissance a couple of years ago because they realized that they can utilize their food editors and their food writers on camera and it starts off i think we may have discussed this months ago whenever it first came up we were like oh we don't want to talk about bon appetit anymore but it was like it started with just test kitchen stuff and it was like carla lolly music and it was molly boz and it was claire saffitz who was the who's like their pastry chef person it was extremely white then they and bradley own extremely white because bon appetit is a glossy magazine bon appetit is condé nast bon appetit is 
an old school magazine where people don't get paid much, where it's sort of the thing where it's like, people don't get paid a whole lot, but they have a lot of, like the cliche that you can't work at these places, you can't work at Legacy Media unless you already have money is true. You ex- you work for exposure, and but a lot of people can't afford to do that on an intern yeah. salary, which is nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, which is usually nothing, right? You're so, doing it for learning and exposure. So that's how you break into these things, which makes it even more difficult for people yeah. who can't. Which we'll even get into later because it becomes an even bigger issue with Adam Rappaport and his personal assistant. So when they start finding success, at some point, at some point, your key players here, by the way, are the editor-in-chief, Adam Rappaport, who's a bro-y, 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 bro-y guy from... Um, men's magazines who when he gets the job at Bon Appetit in 2010 he's like I'm gonna turn it around I'm gonna make Bon Appetit cool turns out he did but he didn't make it less white video content starts being like too white and they're like okay we have to bring some of our other like non-white our people of color staffers in front of the camera because this is getting embarrassing and they do but you have Rick Martinez Come to find out in this story that was posted on Business Insider, they were treated completely differently top to bottom. Like it wasn't just a thing where it was like they were, they hired, they they diversified the cast and all was right with the world. It's like, no, they diversified the cast and a lot of those non-white people did not get paid for their video appearances. Whereas the only people who got paid for their video appearances were the white people. And I'd had conversations about this so many times in the past where it was like spec- all speculation because like video departments and adding like pivot pivoting to video and at media companies like is is such a thing and it's almost a joke now that I was like I wonder how they get paid here. And so when I would think about it with other people, my speculation was like either they all got bumps in their salary and they're all getting paid zero to be on in front of the camera and they're being told by the video team, you know what, it's a privilege to get this, you're getting exposure, you're not getting any money for video, or they were all getting paid not so well and they were all getting paid like a flat rate to be on the video, but it was like not all much. Can I say kind of what I thought before and how I think the model sometimes works is that you have a full-time job at a magazine, they start doing video content or podcast content or any type of content that's outside your regular realm. And they say, oh, do you want to do this? And you're a team player and you say, sure, I'll do it. And then that becomes bigger than your job, more demanding. You don't have time to do your job. And I think for a lot of these people, they said, I don't want to, because they became very successful through this thing. They said, well, I don't want to do my normal job anymore. or I can't do my normal job anymore. So I'm going to quit and then come back as a contractor. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what happened with a lot of these people but not with everyone and that's Mm -hmm. the kind of catch so you have some people who are on contract who are getting paid money to specifically be on the videos right Um, Mm -hmm. and then you have some people who are still technically employed and working health insurance etc etc for Condé and the pay disparity there can be vast not only because of just f- for fucked up reasons, but also because you have two different stand, you have two, you have a contract person and you have a full time person. Yeah, but apparently, according to this I- insider piece, the only people who got extra money for being in front of the camera were white people. The thing that made me the saddest about these articles is that people in the test kitchen, the audience was demanding more diversity. The audience was saying, yeah. "Where are the black? Where is the black chef? Where's the black cooks? Like, there why no are black we only chefs. seeing?" The, the, they had a young woke audience. That's what's so yeah. interesting to me. And everybody was demanding, "Give the people what they want, at least." And um, 
these women who worked at Bon Appetit, these women were submitting themselves, which is so brave. And I would never submitting themselves directly to the head of video Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, like I I have on camera experience, like let me up there. And they weren't. That upset me. Maybe one of the the more things that upset me because it's like you had these things right in front of you at your face, you know. Mm-hmm. to not give these people a chance. There was this woman, um, Elise Whitney, and she's Korean. And she said that she approached the head of video at Bon Appetit, who's this guy named Matt Ducker, Duker, who got, I mean, he quit over all of this. And mm-hmm. when she was like, hey, like I should be, I would like to be in front of the camera. I would like to be on camera. I'm experienced. I would like to do it. And he said, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And she said, I think we need to have more diversity on screen. She tweeted this. I'm quoting her. He ignored me on email. Then when pressed in person, he said, well, we have Priya. That is the toxic workplace that existed and still exists for these people. Right. Despite, Despite the audience, again, despite the young audience demanding for more diversity. Like this is not something that they, if they were reading the responses, if they were reading the tweets, if they were reading the YouTube comments, this was not something mm-hmm. out of the ordinary for people yeah. who were fans of the show to notice. That's what's so crazy to me. It's like, yes, it, it's it's so fucked up to do this despite your audience literally asking for it. Well, so the way the dam broke on this story is because of a brown face photo that was published on Twitter, which is the craziest thing about the brown face photo coming he out of Twitter on is that desk. he had it on his desk, according to mm-hmm. his assistant, which we'll get into mm-hmm. later. He was proud mm-hmm. of this photo. He saw no problem with this photo. He displayed it publicly in his office. So Adam Rappaport, who's like the cool bro who runs Bon Appetit and everyone apparently secretly hates and who, by the way, was always the worst person on camera and always seemed like the biggest fucking dick in the world. Turns out he was a dick. He has a photo of himself from, a, I guess, a Halloween party. And it's like him dressed up as a Puerto Rican person. Like, th- like it's just it's the, the cringe. It's just it is the sort of hell. It's the sort of thing where it's like, how can I explain this photo? Just look at this photo. It's the sort of photo that when you look at it, you have a visceral reaction to it. You're just like, that's bad. He has claimed that it's not brown face because he didn't apply any sort of like coloring to his face. But like, if you ask any person of color, they're like, no, that's brown face. Like, I'm sorry, that's brown face. Jezebel reached out to him, too, and was like, hey, can you, like, give me a comment? And he was like, well, this is off the record, by the way, but it's not actually brownface, and here's why. Anyway, that's its own thing. You should read the Jezebel piece. I think it's by Hazel. But it's, it's, it just shows the mentality that this guy has. Like, he refuses to admit that he's wrong. He's going to hold himself up as some martyr. It's like, we already know what's going to happen to this guy, but he has since quit. The moment he quit, people started being like, okay. This runs deep and it's not just a brown face photo. This like the culture of racism and the culture of like white superiority at Bon Appetit is like extremely rampant. And here's why, here's why, here's why. We start getting all of these other anecdotes about the way people are treated. And then Sola, who is absolutely the best person on video content at Bon Appetit. From the moment she first started appearing in videos, it was like, you make the best food. You're the one who's most in demand by the other people on Bon Appetit because you're constantly being called to help out. And you have the most like magnetic personality. And like the caller said, her work from home content is far and away the best. I'm gonna stand it up in a glass so then I can just like pile my brownie batter in there. Oh no, the tip. It's okay, man. We just gotta get through a few brownies together. You know what? Hold on. Uh oh, uh oh. Come on, come on, little churro. Nope. <laughs> it's not. It's not piping. Okay, if this happens to you, that's cool. It's still gonna be super tasty. 
we're just not going to get that like nice long shape, but I'm just, I got two spoons and I'm just plooping in there. Yes. Little poops. <laughs> okay. I'm going to continue with my donuts. They're donuts now. Despite her experience and despite her talent and skill, when she was hired, she was paid so much less than everyone else. She didn't get any extra money from being on camera. And she decided to talk about it on her Instagram stories. And that sort of opened the floodgates and everyone started talking about how she's not alone. And that it's well, everyone. Well, technically, the photo itself did open the floodgates. And I want to shout out uh, Tammy, etc. on Twitter, who uh, was the one who scrolled all the way back. And Adam, because the, the, it, it wasn't just like this picture was sitting on his desk, which it was confirmed by his assistant, who did speak out as well. But this picture was in his Instagram. And this person scrolled all the way back, as you know, is a pain in the ass on Instagram, to the bottom of his Instagram and found the photo and tweeted it. It, right. And that kind of did open the floodgates to the rest because just this visual representation gave a lot of people the courage to come out and say, like, fuck that. And th and then I think then Sola, then kind of everyone else, because Sola was so beloved. Right. Then they had Sola their was kind the of favorite. Sola How could is anyone not? Right. And Sola has become quickly the favorite, not even outside of this story. Th that's what I can't even stress the most, which is so mm -hmm. interesting about this, how she is totally the heart of this of this cast of characters. They're characters on TV, Absolutely. on a YouTube show. And she's the she's become the heart of it. And so for, you know, her to say that and for her to be paid the least or not a lot or we don't really know the details of what everyone's getting paid around her is uh, just upsetting. She definitely wasn't getting paid enough because it's like we still don't know how much everyone else was making. We just know Sola started at $50,000 whenever she asked to be compensated for video. She was told no. Then when she complained on Instagram and revealed her salary and everything, the head of video reached out to her and was like, hey, we'll give you a 20% We'll give you $20,000 to stop. $20,000 more. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, that's ridiculous. Then the head of video gets outed for having like racist and homophobic tweets on his timeline in the past. He quits. And so it's like it is it is causing a lot of change. A lot of the Bon Appetit members have said, have reached out and said, Carla got called out in the in the insider piece too for like sending an email that like felt specifically directed at the staffers of color, specifically because there was an instance where like Brad, Alex, and then two other staffers of color were talking in the test kitchen and it like bugged her. So she sent an email to all of them being like, hey, would you not do that? It's like gets in the way of Gabby. It gets in the way of our shooting. It gets in the way of stuff. This was I like three years ago. I think people were just hanging out in the test kitchen, they were hanging like out. just hanging out, waiting for free food, which I can attest at media companies. If there's a there's food, then people will try and find yes. it free food. And so the problem with that is not necessarily that specific email but the fact that Alex kept hanging out there anyway and, and got was not on camera not only not reprimanded got on camera and the staffers of color did not the idea that you'd be hanging out in the test kitchen and be featured on camera is a lucrative thing is part of yes. this thing you are in yes. the cast because they they really kind of make this thing feel like it's a family it's everyone's chill it's a workplace like I think you wrote about this in your piece the like camaraderie of it all is what is very attractive all of their relationships is kind of part of what's attractive about this and if you don't if you have a workplace that's not diverse then mm -hmm. you can't have an authentic group of people who mm -hmm. are you know spo supposed to represent this like family of people who are on the show all these cooks mm -hmm. who love each other so then we can get into the assistant so adam Rapport had an assistant named ryan walker hartshorn a black woman a stanford graduate like has is just like the best worker like fiercest worker so good oh my god she's getting paid thirty five thousand dollars before overtime she's worked there <laughs> that for is that like uh, alone we're not talking bobby's going to continue the story gets worse but but being paid as an assistant job at Condé Nast 
for any job, but an assistant job at Kanye has $35,000 a year. I just I don't understand how they can pay people this that little. I whatever. Well, I just, that's so, that's the whole gatekeeping. That's the whole gatekeeping thing about that's the that's the that's the argument anyone in this position will always use, right? It's like, well, that's the thing. If you can't do it for this, then we're just going to find someone else. But who is who are the types of people who can't afford that? People who don't need the money. People who have family money. That is the gatekeeping thing. You're right. You know what? You're so right. You're so right. If you right, you say, oh, you can't. Oh, well, this is and that's what, we what he says to and, her. Yeah. You're he right. says, maybe you should consider that this is not the right job for you. That is the way that you can structurally keep the non-privileged people out of your jobs. Right. And everyone says, oh, I made say, sacrifices when I was yeah. younger to, to get in. And uh-huh. I didn't make a lot of money. And I ate pieces of pizza for dinner every night. because, mm-hmm. and, and you have to do that, too. You're right. It's passed down. Yeah. It's a passed down. Yes. It's so, a it's a thing you everyone quote unquote has to go for has to go through, but it's not about having to go through it. Some people just can't even get yeah. there to to experience to have any this, sort of experience. This shit had not received a pay increase in her tenure as Rappaport's assistant. Cleaned his golf clubs, fetched his son's passport, and taught his wife how to use Google Calendar. The shit where you get the family involved, ooh, that pisses me off. Especially if you're getting paid garbage and will not get a raise even when you ask for it. So there's a lot of garbage in this in this story. Again, shout out to Business Insider. Who wrote this? What was her name? Rachel Prima. Business Insider turned this stuff out, by the way. Yeah, they turned of, it out. They turned it out. After Adam Rappaport. This is before the brown face photo has been revealed. Adam Rappaport releases a thing like all the brands, um, an essay called Food, let, talks about how, quote, food is inherently political. And it's like... Here's what Bon Appetit should do to do better. Here's what how we feel about race at Bon Appetit, written by Adam Rappaport. He releases this essay. A lot of the test kitchen tweets it. They're like, proud of Adam Rappaport for releasing this essay, blah, 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 blah. After the essay is published, Ryan reads it, and she's like, hmm, maybe hmm. now's the time that he'll finally fucking listen to me and ask for a raise. After he publishes that essay, she asks for a raise again, and he says no. And that's when she says, I'm going to quote her, I thought this conversation might be different this time, but no. Instead, Rocker Hartshorn says, Rappaport told her, quote, well, maybe you should consider that this is not the right job for you. And she says, I'm the only black woman on his staff. He treats me like the help. So then we have Alex Delaney, who was the, like, a lot of them, like, didn't go to culinary school, but they were still good cooks. Alex Delaney literally, like, doesn't do anything. He's just supposed to be, like, the cool guy who's like, I make drinks. I eat a lot of food. And yeah, his videos were charming. I was a fan of them. But turns out, Oops, if you look into his his Tumblr, there's a Confederate flag cake that he baked when he was 17. And oops, if you look on his Vine account, he said a gay slur, the F, F word gay slur, while referring to a bundle of sticks. There's a boys club happening at, and, and you think, you think these boys clubs aren't a quote unquote, you think in your life, oh, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any boys clubs. That's an old thing. That's for finance bros. That's for, you know, that's not my industry or whatever. But these boys clubs, like, you know, uh, they're, they're everywhere. They're real. And you have of EIC with a golf club walking around the office, swinging a golf club. You have his favorites. You have his pets. And they're, of course, going to be other white guys, you know, like Delaney and, and Duker and, and those types of guys who pick out guys who look like them you know they look like them so that's how you have this like kind of boys club situation i think everyone got a sense of this from brad i'll say early on not that brad has done any not that like anything has come out because i don't i don't want to like you know what i mean like but everyone kind of got sick of brad for this kind of like boring ass boys club shit they were things that were obvious that i think people including myself decided not to dwell on because it looked like all of them got along so well 
And apparently all of that was smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Maybe they did all get along and maybe they are all friends. And you even see saw all those people posting like in solidarity with Sola. I will not start making videos again until everyone's paid equally, which is cool. And that's a big step. You were watching a thing. You were enjoying a thing. You were making excuses to enjoy the thing, even though yeah. maybe you felt, hey, this looks like this might not be the best situation. But also you said, if these people are all choosing to be on camera and to do this, who am I to think that there's something nefarious going on? You had no evidence to know that. Yeah, I, I mean, was... I just think it's like a lot of people loved loved them, loved these yeah. chefs and thought they were really good and enjoyed the food. And just it's really hard until somebody comes out and says like this is fucked to even know what's going on behind the scenes and I'm glad that we do it's like oh Rick seems happy like Sola seems happy like Christina seems happy I'm naming like the the non-white chefs on the thing but it's like yeah they were pretending for the sake of their jobs and for the sake of their like livelihoods like and also as I think Ryan points out the only reason she felt comfortable talking to Business Insider about this is because she talked to like a billion lawyers. <laughs> NDAs scare people into not saying anything, especially well, yeah. at big old fucking places like Condé I mean, Nast. somebody said for every one person speaking out or going on the record, there's like 15 people with NDAs who had the same experience. Like that's not, that's the, that's most... That's the more usual situation I mean, is you this have is... these NDAs who, because people either leave or uh, they either leave or they get laid off and they take severance. And that's how you get your severance as you sign an NDA. If they can get better people up top and fix the problems and pay everyone equally, I think there is a chance. I think there is a chance they could regain what they once had. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know... Sola says, fuck you, I'm going somewhere else. Or like, Sola totally. gets a job, I don't know, oh, totally. like literally anywhere totally. else where she's like, this is totally. dumb because totally. people would watch Sola for Sola. And I think everyone knows that, you know? But I hope that she remains on camera, whatever opportunity she, she takes next. She's really good. And if they can figure out a way that she's happy to be there and feel supported by her colleagues, then it's a great thing for her to be on the show. Mm. But these videos are doing are paying for a lot of Condé bills. That's the thing. Like, And if they're mm. going to brag about that publicly, which they have, then your personalities, the ones that are making you this money, should be talking to each other and demanding more. Top to bottom, Condé has problems. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes until those are fixed which or until those like actually begin a process of being fixed i don't think that these videos are coming back anytime soon which is fair which is completely fair sola do you have a minute sola do you have a minute sola when you have a minute you want to talk sugar i came over to ask if you had time to temper chocolate at some point hey sola can i ask you a question about technique real quick do you mind explaining what tempered chocolate is Turmeric, turmeric, turmeric. Hey, Sola, how do you say, um, how do you say this? Turmeric. Do you feel like it's a fairly common practice to puree like diced onion with water? How many cups of flour did you use total? Dosa, what's dosa, Sola? And how do you feel about milk chocolate versus dark? And then is this something you have to use right away? And then how much lard did you What kind of, what, what temperature are we looking at, Sola? Do you think I need to toast my spices first? So I think that it's maybe the starch like going into retrogradation. Retrogradation? You know, you know it like when you hydrate the starch and then you cool it, no. it kind of stiffens up even further? No. Nope. <laughs> I believe you. Crisp it a little bit. Probably should have done a hand chop for that. Ah, uh, Sola. 
You just called me Sola. Adam. Oh Priya, sorry. Oh my God, I'm sorry. And yeah, that last audio was Adam Rappaport calling Priya Sola. Next call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Oh, my morning voice. Um, hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, can you talk about what's going on with Vanderpump Rules and Stassi Schroeder and Kristen Duty and they call the cops on their former uh, co-star because they thought she was a thief that they saw in Daily Mail. And I, I'm just confused and also just what the fuck. And um, is the show dead? Like, are they going to cancel Vanderpump Rules? Seems like the right thing to do. Uh, crunch, crunch. So, Lindsay, this is all, if Bon Appetit was all me, this is all you. And I can chime in because I have read a lot about it, but oof. Well, you know what's so funny? Like, I never talk about Vanderpump Rules or rarely. And I just want to put that out there. The first time I ever really ever talked, the first time I ever kind of got into Vanderpump Rules on this show was like three shows ago. After 400 episodes, I kind of refrained from talking about this show, or at least tried to. But we were talking about the Sheena Shave unfair editing incident. Little did we know Mm -hmm. there was so much more to come just a few weeks later. So now here we are back again talking about about Vanderpump Rules, um, a show Mm -hmm. that I am so ready to leave um, in 2020. I'm so willing to stop watching this show. I am not alone. Literally, um, there have been multiple op-eds, one by um, Kate Arthur, one by Brian Moylan on Vulture, and and Kate Arthur writes for Variety, uh, about we need to end this show. (laughs) Season eight Mm -hmm. of Vanderpump Rules should be the show's last season. So before Mm -hmm. this stuff even happened, people were like, this show is boring. These people are disgusting. It's not fun (laughs) to watch them anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you want drama, but you don't want just, like, fully disgusting people. This show is boring. These people are disgusting. Like, why would the show even exist anymore at that uh, point? uh, Well, that's what I I mean. People are begging them please cancel the show make way for a new show do something else um i mean if you listen to danny pellegrino that he's been saying and i said this in my last time we people have been saying this for a long time all this all the smart people who have watched mm-hmm. the show are like end it end it um anyways so what comes out this week is really interesting on many levels the main level being the vanderpump rules fans already knew a lot of this information right this stuff is not new, but in the context of right now, where we're kind of dealing with a lot, we're having a reckoning, we're dealing with racist microaggressions, what they mean on a bigger level, right? Calling the cops on a black woman for fun to harass her is completely unacceptable. So let me tell the story. I guess I'm like getting ahead of myself. Yeah. On Vanderpump Rules, you know, they occasionally bring in cast members, new cast members uh, to try them out. This season they brought in a bunch of young people that were assholes. Two of them just got fired along with this for having tweets that were so inappropriate. Um, And honestly, they should have been fired when those tweets came out. But Bravo and Lisa Mm -hmm. Vanderpump were like, we're forgiving. We're giving them another chance, da-da-da, which is a whole other issue. But a few seasons ago, um, this show, which is famously (laughs) set in a West Hollywood, uh, right in the middle of Boys Town West Hollywood restaurant that has no LGBTQ people at all, had one for a few seasons. She was branded a trans woman named Billy Lee, who was branded as the bully, as the villain, and promptly left because had a miserable time. Uh, A few seasons ago, there was a woman named Faith Stowers who joined the cast 
or, you know, was featured on the cast. It's unclear who's like an official cast member and who's not. And I didn't really. <laughs> I it, It's just hard to know. It's like they people come on because they get involved with the cast members. And mm-hmm. there are various degrees of like, are you trying to get on the show? Are you hooking up with this person to get on the show? Or are you not? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're featured on the show. Whether or not your intentions of getting on Vanderpump Rules, many people have been introduced to that show as a friend of a friend who is somebody who said, can you get me on this show? Right? Yeah. Because yeah. if you are on an episode, first if you have on a time, you get money. So it's worth it to you to be on a TV show. Right. Okay. Anyway, so this woman comes on Vanderpump Rules and she, because she, I guess she had hooked up and I was looking back like, because this was a, quite a few seasons ago, she used to hook up with um, Lisa Vanderpump's son, Max, who works at the restaurant that she owns. And then the big drama of the show, which actually was one of the breaking points for like a major couple, Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright, who got married this season. And he is just like, a like, cheats on her non nonstop according to everyone and has cheated on everyone in the past it is revealed that he had hooked up with faith and cheated on britney and not only had this happened faith had recorded it recorded their conversation and played it they played it over a bluetooth speaker at a party oh my it was god just like, i'm telling you, it was huge drama i mean it's honestly faith brought the show like some of the best best drama it had in so long because Jax Taylor was such a piece of shit and everyone knew he was cheating, but here's the evidence and let's go. I mean, this guy sucks. Everyone like, on this show sucks, but he's irrefutable sucks evidence. Right. But the point is, is like after this had happened, the cast essentially kind of bullied her off the show in various ways. Yes, they wanted to protect the, protect their friend Jax. You know, they were like, oh, you know, she was the the other woman in a way, right? And they wanted to protect their friend, despite him being the one who also fucked up. And so it was a huge kind of like fucked up thing. Faith would go on. She left the show, but she would go on to be on The Challenge. She was on X on the Beach. She like kind of still did reality TV. But blogs that write about reality TV had the story from 2018 of Faith suing Stassi, right, for suing. basically talk, suing her, suing her. This was in 2018, suing, saying, she, saying that she was going to sue her for spreading lies about her, one of those being where they were at this, I guess they, guess, guess they were at this bar, and Stassi and Kristen uh, Doughty, who's another cast member, had called the cops on her because they were saying or joking that she looked like a black woman who was featured in a Daily Mail article who was wanted for theft. This woman does not look like Faith. Like, literally, the woman had tattoos. Like, it, it could not have been more clear this woman was not Faith. But they were kind of joking about it so much. They were tweeting about it. They were, like, bullying this woman. Like, it was really bad. But to call the cops is a whole other level of just, like, fucked up behavior, right? And they talked about this on their podcast. Like, they were open about the fact that they were bullying her, which is, to me, the weirdest thing. Like, what? Well, that's the thing. Like, they what? thought they, they thought it didn't. They could just get away with anything, right? So... This happens in 2018, and now in 2020, as we're going through everything, Faith goes on an Instagram Live with, funny enough, uh, Candace from Floribama Shore, your favorite show, Floribama Shore. Candace? That's how this happened? Because she was yes. on Candace's Instagram yes. Live? Yes. Um, who, by the way, is like the sole black woman on Floribama yes. Shore. Okay. That show Go fell on. off a clip. That show also just like... Well, I that show got really to... dark. Yeah, dark. Um, but season one, wild ride. So Floribama Shore, can't, she goes on Candace's live and she retells the story. Mind you, she's told this story before. <laughs> this is an old story. If people, I didn't know this story. I watched the show, but I didn't know this story. But if you were a big Vanderpump Rules fan, you probably have heard this story, right? 
and you were reading the blogs. It was in kind of like the blogs. You would have to be that kind of fan where you're just like digging. Um, and she tells the story and it and it blows up because it's extremely fucked up. We now are very ultra aware about what happens when police are involved, how that could really, you know, ruin somebody, especially a black person's and life. Escalate quickly, yes. Escalate quickly. Calling the police for to harass somebody is not a joke. Uh, it's so fucked up and could be really dangerous, right? Like that's a bad prank. Okay. So why would how could you ever do that and so this blows up and it gets you know uh, Stasi and Kristen they apologize they lose their sponsors they lose you know Stasi's podcast gets removed from iTunes because of you know iHeartRadio is like we don't want anything to do with this person and then the biggest deal is that Stasi and Kristen along with the two boys that I mentioned previously who had had those nasty tweets who they didn't want to fire before they get fired from the show meanwhile the show itself needs to fall into the ground and even Faith comes out and says, they fired these two, but they got to fire everyone because Jax Taylor is the worst fucking person in the world, too. Like, it's unfair that he gets to, quote unquote, stay. Billy Lee comes out, for, uh, who I was talking about for the transgender women from a few seasons ago. She was like, Jax did not want to tape with me because I was transgender. And I was so distraught by, like, this entire situation that I left the show. I mean, it is just such a frustrating show in that way. So now you have it completely imploding when everybody was calling for it to be canceled because it sucked anyways, which is like the double level of irony to the whole thing, you know. But clearly Bravo was reluctant to do this. And now they're stepping up and doing it. Lisa Vanderpump put out a statement. Uh, I don't want to read it. It's very long, but you can go seek it out. It's, you know. The whole thing. And then Andy Cohen put out a statement, which is funny because Andy Cohen, whenever Andy Cohen puts out a statement, he always reminds people that he is not the head of Bravo. (laughs) He's just a talent like everyone else. Um, That's not to say that it's unfair for him to say that because he has a lot of influence at Bravo. So even if he's not the CEO of the fucking company or the head of development or production, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have extreme influence. He's the face of Bravo. So he is the reason Bravo pivoted to reality television. So he can't act like he's right. not involved. Like he's not allowed to so do I, that. So I think it's kind of unfair for him to say that in a way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's he's like, I am not, and I remind people all the time, I'm not in charge of programming at Bravo anymore. I'm not an executive producer of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, but if he went to the executive producer of Vanderpump Rules and said, fire these people, he would still, it would still be a big influence he still has a lot of influence is my point um and I I don't really know how to end this except like you know I hope that they fucking cancel this stupid show (laughs) just like I think a lot of people said before and now more than ever and I hope this helped you now understand the drama there's no reason to go watch this show (laughs) I mean this says a lot about (laughs) reality tv though it's like when these two boys they brought on the show and they were they everyone found their kind of really disgusting tweets and posted them and they said they didn't fire them the whole time and then Lisa said I'm giving them a second chance da 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 it just shows like Bravo just still has a hard time dealing with this stuff mm-hmm. and you know now they're finally kind of saying this is where we draw the line you know but yeah who knows what it'll be like in the in the future just find some other people like <laughs> that's the thing about like e- e- when you think about the actual particulars of developing reality shows, it's not all that difficult. Like, it's not all that complicated. Wow, difficult, okay. <laughs> difficult, difficult, maybe, but complicated, no. It's about finding people who both want to be on camera, who are good at initiating drama. And now the, the most essential thing right now is like 
they cannot be racist or bigoted or homophobic. Like, just find people who want to st- who want to be messy, who are hot, and who are not nightmares, and you will have a good reality show. That's all it takes. And not even they don't even have to be hot. They just like horny. But if you if you hire them and you find out they are nightmares, get them out of here. Then get rid of it. Like like none of this actually but, you know, makes search the... their tweets first. Come on, get search out of here. Search their tweets. When we, we no, know better now. No, no. Get search, search their, their tweets, tweets, search their tumblers, scroll to the bottom of their Instagrams. Yes, thank you. you. Know, Learn like, from that person. Scroll to the bottom of the Instagram. It's, it's not like, fun, but you got to do it. It's like we got to get like Bravo hire someone who has vetted someone for vice president. Hi, like literally political <laughs> office. Hire someone like that and find people to be in a reality show because you can find petty messy horny hot people left and right throw a rock at one of them in this go country for horny go Just, hard on yeah horny. go <laughs> horny yeah they don't even have to be hot petty and horny oh honey you have a reality show that's all you need petty horny and camera hungry that's it that's all it takes and ideally yeah. rich but like not an not essential because honestly like the desire to be rich might be better than an actual richness. So yeah. I don't know. I, uh, this shouldn't destroy reality programming. Cause I feel like people being like, I've seen tweets like reality TV is over after all this. Like, no, you just have to do as, as, as we've said, do better. One more Google, <laughs> the one more Google. Yeah. But also, yeah. And just be more thoughtful about the kind of concepts of shows that you're, that you're doing. I think sometimes it is easier said than done and we can say all we want, but I just hope that like, this is a lot more messy for Bravo than just starting from scratch and doing something good mm-hmm. and thinking about their programming. So they, yeah. so I hope that they do that. And I actually think that they will. I mean, they, they want to make TV shows that people watch. So, you know. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Let's do a quick game of Who Are Them because we got to amp this up the rest of this episode. Here we go. Amp it up. Are you saying it hasn't been amped? (laughs) Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I am wondering if Rachel Zoe is a Who Are Them. Um, Gaga Guggy, Black Lives Matter. Rachel Zoe. Rachel Zoe. Who are them? Ugh. One, two, three. Who? Them. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> I think, I think she, she was a, a who. Uh, she was yeah, a them a at who. the peak of. She was maybe maybe a them peak at the Bravo. peak of like Lindsay Lohan culture, like when she was you know, she had her show and they, and she was on TV and so the, she was the Rachel Zoe, all these girls. The Rachel Zoe ish. The Rachel Zoe project. project. Yeah. Ugh, shut up. But, project. What kind of project is that? <laughs> but I don't think that she I, I want I'm ready. I could downgrade her. I'd be okay with that. I just watched that video of her like making stew or something. I know I sent it to, like, I sent it to you and you were obsessed with it. She made the most insane looking bad life. stew and the person who she was cooking with was like, Yummy <laughs> She's making the most disgusting stew I've ever seen in my whole life. And she's like, This is a stew I make all the time. It's so healthy. It's so good. This is my Le Creuset pot. I think these pots are fabulous. And she's like, I cook in this all the time. And it's like, 
I can tell no one has ever cooked in that like $500 pot in their lives. I'm going to play a clip of it here because like, but honestly, you need to see it because it's the most disgusting stew I've ever seen in my whole life. No piece of anything is cut the same size. It's just like, it's like hell stew. For me, stew, especially a vegetable stew or vegetarian stew, I think is so much more like satisfying and filled with so many nutrients. I'm sure you don't know this about me, but I love Dutch ovens. This might be the prettiest, most chic one I've ever uh, seen. Not might. This color, it's a matte black and it's called licorice and it's just impossibly chic. I would leave it out. I would love to see this like sitting on the stove or like on a shelf. I approach, you know, cookware, bakeware the same way I do styling and getting dressed. It's like every part should be pretty. This brand, Le Creuset, is like one of my absolute favorites. My grandmother lived by it and I have such memories of it. And to me, it's such an iconic brand. And you know, that particular one looks really good in my kitchen. Okay, next, who are them call? Hi, I'm Weekly. Um, is Chase Crawford a them or a who? One of my favorite pastimes is just finding random horror movies to watch on any given streaming service. And I found one on Prime called Eloise, starring Eliza Dushku, who I love because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but obvious too. And Chase Crawford, and I was like, I feel like I have always known Chase Crawford's name and, like, heard of him, but then when I actually saw him on screen, I was like, I don't know. I did, you, he didn't, like, his face didn't strike me the way that I thought it would as far as, like, just recognizing him as an actor. Um, yeah, if you, who are them? All right. Typical Terry Reed, French, French. Love you. Bye. Um, Chase Crawford. Chase Crawford. Chase Crawford. One, two, three. Who? <laughs> Sorry. Who? Chase. Who? Chase Crawford. Who? Yeah. You didn't say anything. Okay. No, Chase I did. Chase Crawford. I said who? One, two, three. Who? Who? Oh. I did. Chase Crawford's a who. <laughs> I, I have nothing else to say about Chase he Crawford. He could be. No, I don't. I never watched Gossip Girl, but like, no, he's a who. Yeah, but you, but you read the tabloids, and Chase Crawford was a big star in a lot of tabloids. And there are a lot of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot let's going on with Chase Crawford, but none of them are interesting. Gotta yeah. say. Yeah. Um, Eliza Dushku though, who? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where'd that come from? Right, because uh, she, because Eliza Dushku was in that movie that she was talking about. Oh, Louise. who also? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Let's call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Cedric the Entertainer. Who or them? Crunch, crunch. Cedric the Entertainer. Who are them? One, two, three. Them? Them. Yeah. Them. For sure. I don't know many other famous Cedrics. <laughs> the hat makes him. Everyone knows the, the hat. The hat makes him a them. I think the hat is one of the main reasons he's a them because it's like, oh, he's the comic with the hat. Yeah. No, it's Absolutely. I, that's true. That's true, though. One of the most famous like American comedians, I would say. Totally. And um, what's another like who else iconically I mean, wears has, hats? He has like fedoras or just like hats in general. Not even fedoras because he doesn't only wear fedoras. He, he wears mostly fedoras, but he doesn't only wear fedoras. I don't really. I guess Diane that. Keaton wears hats. OK, I'm not going. We're not talking about just people who wear hats. You need to move on. <laughs> We're not no, but what I'm saying is, hats. like, he who wears famously hats? wears hats. So do it's a like, lot. Of, oh, so do a what's lot. What's he gonna have on? What's that gonna be? So do a lot of bald men. They wear hats, <laughs> like famously. Um. Okay. Uh. What is next? Andrew Garfield. Who are them? 
I think who, but he used to be Spider-Man, I guess. Oh, my God. She tells Andrew us. Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is one, such a difficult two, one. Wait. One, two, three. Who? who? You think he's a who, too? I think he's a who, too. But he was, like, for a minute, like, pretty A-listy. Repeat that, Lindsay, for a minute. So you think you think Andrew Garfield fell off enough in the past year or so to be a who? I'm now disagreeing oh, with myself. Oh, year year or so? I think how Andrew long has Garfield, it been? I think Andrew Garfield. I'm not even saying I know rumors. I don't even know rumors. But Andrew Garfield has the career of someone who fucked up majorly and but, lost all the good graces he was given like all lost all so? the favors he was given what else how else do you explain andrew garfield going nowhere andrew garfield know. especially after the social in, network um, was like well yeah but then he had he was spider he did spider-man he dated he dated emma stoney in an but that's the sp- but guess what that's the that's the Spider-Man that doesn't even exist. That's the Spider-Man that doesn't exist. He may have dated Rita Ora. He was he starred in His relationship in, uh, with Emma Stone is the most famous thing that's ever happened to him. He starred in um he had a pretty decent fan. He starred in um that play that I saw that was good on Broadway. What's it called? He always had that <laughs> energy of someone who didn't want to be famous, too. Uh, well, that's you know, why I think people like, liked him. Remember he loved Drag Race and all that stuff. He was like he always loved to like be out of the box, too. I just don't I just don't. This is controversial. I have to say, I think. That's that's where I, that's where I am. I'm sorry. That's where I, I am. I think this is controversial, but so I'll, but I'll agree with you. The weirdest. He was in under the silver. Because it's more exciting. The idea that he's fallen from them to the Martin Scorsese movie about priests that no one saw. It's like, oh my god, Martin Scorsese made a movie about priests. Are we? Am I saying this for the drama to stir up drama on this show? Maybe. I lo- I'm trying to stir up drama. From <laughs> as, as a producer of the show, as a co-executive producer, I'm stirring up drama. Andrew Garfield's a who? Andrew Garfield's a who? <laughs> <laughs> Starting up drama. Okay, wait, next one. Do 100, 100 gex. gex and yeah, then because you'll like it. And Someone said your song sounds like 100 Gex, which I love because they're my favorite band. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, I love that the Banana Bonanza theme song is basically a 100 Gex song. So congrats uh, for making a 100 Gex song. And on that, um, is a 100 Gex? Who are them? I, I'm leaning who, but, you know, they're very, very niche and kind of popular right now. So would love to know. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. Not only is 100 Gex a who, but, like, it's they're even more of a who. Than, like, we don't even have like to their music, who, Their who, music who, is who, a who. who. And the fact that Bobby's music sounds like 100 Gex is a huge compliment. I am a big fan of 100 Gex. Uh some of my favorite music to come out in the past few years. It is weird. It is interesting. It is the hooiest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. My here's my favorite photo of the hundred gecks I'm sending you. I love them. They're a duo. They're a this music is my duo. This is my favorite photo of they the hundred gecks. They worked with Charlie on her last album as well. If you're wondering if you want like a <laughs> shut up I hate you. he sent me a picture of <laughs> those the two, twins from the Matrix. The twins from the Matrix. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They would probably appreciate that comparison, to be honest, the Gex. They look like 100 Gex. No, are you, get out of here, 100 Gex, them. No, they're who's. No one's ever been a But also, Bobby, saying your music sounds like 100 Gex is so nice. The biggest compliment I've ever been, I've ever been given. I think so, too. I think so, too. Number one compliment of my life. Thank you so much. 100 compliments. We've been recording for two hours. Okay. Um, (laughs) No, two more calls, two more calls, two more calls, two more calls, two more calls. Hi, Weekly. Um, Lakeith Stanfield. Who or them? I feel like he's a them, but 
I just want your input. Okay, thanks. Crunch, crunch. One, two, three. Who? who? I think he's still a who. Yeah. I, th- I think I think he's, he's still too. on the list of like up and coming act. I think he's still like on that list. But I yeah. think, but he's like beloved though. He was in, he was in that other. You love Easter. calling people beloved. I love it. I'm sorry. I, I love that word. But he, I mean like he has a, he has like a big, fi- like people love seeing him and shit. That's more what I mean. It's like they just And like, he was also in two of the most popular movies of last year, Uncut Gems and Knives Out. Um, he's so good at Uncut Gems. Um, maybe, I think probably his most famous thing is definitely Atlanta and Get Out. Those are probably his most famous. He For was the sure. lead in Sorry to Bother You, but Sorry to Bother You was like an indie. I don't think it like, no, it had a big impact. But it wasn't a huge, it was still an indie. Like it it, bear, it did not make a whole lot of money. It was profitable, but it was like a small little movie. Yeah. So it's like, I, st- I still think he's a who. I think he's a who. I've had dinner with him once. You did? I had dinner with Lakeith once. What happened? How Have was I told it? this story on the podcast? N- I had dinner no. with Lakeith and Brie Larson and John Gallagher oh, Jr. and because of table. Bex. Because of Bex, Bex got invited to some screening of Short Term 12 before it came out. And it came with a dinner afterwards. Oh, and yeah. we went to the Incredible dinner movie. afterwards. Oh, and it was just like God. all these tables. And it was no, it was just like sit wherever you want. And it was like a free dinner. And we were like schlubby. We were definitely the worst dressed people there. Like schlubby people. Two schlubby people. And we show up to the dinner and we're like, this is so weird. And so there was only one table left. And we we're like, hi, we're on the list. Like, hi. And they were like, okay, like sit wherever there's space. And there was only one table left. And so we were the penultimate group to arrive guess who the last group to arrive was the cast and so when the cast showed up the only place left to sit was at a table with me and fucking bex and so it was like me sitting next to lakeith and brie and we were like loved the movie and lakeith hadn't done anything so like these are people who weren't even that famous at all and brie like i didn't recognize like i didn't know brie i didn't know brie from adam what's the line i don't know i didn't know any of these people john gallery jr didn't know who that i just knew the newsroom like it was so strange. There's like a photo of all of us hanging out. Like we just like. Drank Can I say and though, ate. I'm mm. looking at his filmography. I forgot that he was in the photograph, which was the other Issa Rae movie that came out this year that people were talking about. That I don't know got very. But good no reviews. one saw it. No but one saw just, it. Got okay reviews, but it's because of the pandemic. I just I feel like if he could, he's like he's like cuspy. Like if anything, I just I like. It's character actor cuspy though. I don't know. I I'm think. kind of like now kind of considering a different option. I think I'm still on. I think I'm still on who? Like Keith Stanfield, sometimes credited as Keith Stanfield. Okay, but Lakeith, my best friend. Um. <laughs> All right, great. Okay, next next call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, as you guys were on Blank Check, you should know that 120 frames per second is a them. Uh, Gemini Man starring Will Smith also with 120 frames per second. But you also have to see it HD and 3D, which I saw, and it was – I actually kind of liked it. Some people don't, but – so, but 24 frames per second is a them also because that's just, like, standard. And then I'd say, like, 48 frames per second is kind of hooey because I believe Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit did it, and it was, like, not so well-received. But then Ang Lee went, like, super hard with 120 frames per second, so – those are the who's and thems of uh, frames per second. Thanks. Good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. Truly one of our worst best calls. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I have nothing to say about. I'm sorry, frame but I'm still fighting. I'm still fighting you. Like 
high frame rate is still not a them just because it's a them on blank check doesn't mean it's a them in real life that's so no true. one knows that's one of the problems is no one no knew one how knows. to explain what was going on so it's like when you tell the average moviegoer like you got to see this because it's uh 120 frames uh, a second in certain scenes it's so confusing people can barely understand what imax is whenever you're watching like a christopher nolan movie and it's like some scenes shot in imax no one knows what that means like a lay person so it's like i still think it's hooey these movie companies have the hardest time explaining what these technologies not just are but what they practically do to the movie going experience and it's like because they have a hard time doing that, like, that's why this shit just gets, like, lost in translation. Like, no one understood why you had to see Billy Lynn's long halftime. Oh, I agree in, like, with you. This is not even theater. a fight. Yeah. If you're a blank check listener, it's definitely a them. I will give you or that. Or just a film buff. You don't have to be a, you just a it's film a buff. If you're a film person, sure. Maybe you're thinking about frame rates. I would go ahead and say every frame rate. You're right. Frame rates are a who. Okay. <laughs> just frame rates are a who. <laughs> okay. okay, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's Them. We've been recording for Who's over them? two hours. Who's there? <laughs> Who's there? Oh my God, my brain. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Call 619 Who Them. Let's leave your questions, comments, concerns. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for bi-weekly bonus episodes. And um, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Hey. Guys, in 60, 69, I'll be 69. (laughs) That's all. Crunch, crunch. I'm literally so stupid. I'll be 74. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Bye.